You've reached Get Carded. This is Brad. And this is Joey. Brandon and Connor are out here this week to do the intro. So you get Joe. Enjoy! Enjoy. So I was in a charity golf tournament this uh, this past weekend, Brad, with uh, for a little local high school football team. Um, so you know, go into this thing thinking it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty lighthearted. You know, not overly competitive, and you know, roll into the parking lot, putting on my golf shoes, and I already see people starting to you know pass bills back and forth. I'm like, what? The damn tournament hasn't even started yet, but. So we, you know, we get uh, we get the, the the squad together. You know, a bunch of hacks coming together. It's my my uncle, or actually, I take that back. He's actually my second cousin, is the uh, the offensive coordinator for this. Uh, you know, they were in state football team last year, so wanted to help the him and the kids out. But so we get the you know my team of hacks together, and you know expect us to you know go in have a good time, and you know even before you get out of the parking lot, again there's people passing money around. And then the, the tournament director's coming up and immediately I started asking, hey, do you want to get in these skins for, you know, $5 a hole? And, you know, hey, you can buy this, you know, piece of string and that if you land your ball within that distance of the hole, you just get to, you know, take it as a gimme. And I was like, oh, sure, you know, why not? Just here, take my money. So even before I even get to the cart and check in and everything like that, I'm already down to about 100 bucks. So, you know, I, and I start to question myself then. I'm like, I'm not sure there is a sport that involves more gambling and at the same time is probably full of just the biggest bunch of cheaters that you know um that are out there right i think myself included right i'm known for the occasional foot wedge i'm known <laughs> for the occasional oh, i'm just going to go ahead and give myself that one and you know pick the ball up or one turns into two turns into four yeah, yeah. absolutely or you, yep. you know yeah you you know you, you get that snowman eight on that you know little pesky par four it's, you know your buddy you're golfing with is you know keeping score he looks at you hey what'd you get so then you start pointing at the you know the different shots you know you, you try to replay that <laughs> hole in your mind and you're you know you're working your way back to it and that eight all of a sudden becomes a five mm-hmm. and yet your buddy knows who's gambling with you or you know you got a, a skin going on like that he knows you're bullshitting you <laughs> and you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he still writes down that five, and and you're you're good to go, and you're under the next hole. But it really made me start to question just like th- that level of gambling. Even though it's it's a great sport, and I think money's better, or life is better with money on the line, so I'll always do it. But it really makes me question my judgment when I'm gambling as much as I am on golf, when it is hands down the sport that people cheat in the most. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's one of those sports where, you know, you, you look at, um, you know, look, the opportunities are there. You're by yourself a little bit more, right? You're solitary. Yeah. You know, it, you don't, you don't find yourself in a, you know, a, a half court game of uh three on three or four on four pickup, like living two feet out of bounds and being like, I wasn't out of bounds. Correct. And as much as I wish that they had judges, you know, sitting about 270 yards, so maybe more like 250 down the fairway to help me find my ball when I hit it and to make sure uh-huh. that I'm, you know, because I'm losing probably a good half dozen balls on the front nine anyways. But, you know, it'd be nice to have some officials down there anyways. I would take that and not cheat to be able to find my ball every once in a while, too. <laughs> that is true. What, so what's your take? What's your take, Brad? Are you, uh, are you a gambler? Are you uh, you know, oh, I, I am uh, I am absolutely a gambler. I, uh, 
I've been to Vegas more times than I think I'm, I'm willing yeah, to Yeah, what was that number? It was like 40? Like 47. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but uh, so I, I absolutely love gambling. And I, you know, with uh, with golf, though, I I I gamble, you know. Yeah. But but it, it's more of uh, kind of in jest. And I, I definitely like playing games where, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a dollar a, a mark it's, or a yeah skin it's either or a dollar and I know I'm just gonna you know give it all up or or if you have like kind of one of those like half team games where you know it's you got to pick one person I don't I don't know what they're called pick one person to go with yeah and you know or you're betting on oh like you're yeah. betting on drinks or whatever playing wolf and yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah wolf yeah that's that's the one but uh, you know I, I I uh I realized a long time ago I'm just I'm not good enough to. Well, you're in you, finance, right? You're, you're, yeah. So you, you realize that that's a poor investment, and yeah. you're, you're, you can separate yourself <laughs> from that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there are there are other other things to be um, more athletic. And I I always wanted to just be good enough to not embarrass myself when I go out. So I think I the, the thing the thing is is that you have to cheat more. You're well, probably not cheating enough. Yeah, but that's that's see that's the thing. I think you know there's it's not like I've sat down and run the numbers, but you know. <laughs> when you're out there and you're you're looking at it like I'm, I'm just just a little bit of cheating is not going to improve my score enough but i have noticed something because a, a long time ago my game just turned into you know what i'm just i'm just gonna see for myself what my actual score is what your it's, actual it's handicap not, is yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't even think it's in the ballpark i've never broken a, a hundred yeah um but you know i i play it i play it where it lies you know, on on the first hole, if I duff, which I usually do, I'll I might take that one again. Yep. But breakfast ball. But but you know, for the most part, like you know, if, wherever it's going, I'm playing it. I'm not I'm not kicking it. You know, unless my club is in absolute peril, I'm not gonna damage my club. But I'm not I'm not improving things. And and you know, I get to the end of the hole, and if I got a, I got a nine, I got a nine. And and I I've noticed too that people look at you like. Oh, come on, no, you, yeah, you, that was a seven. Yeah, you, know? you can't get more than a triple. You can't like, get more than a triple like, bogey. No, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to make you feel better about <laughs> yeah. uh, about your improvements. Yeah, by, there's uh, no tens by on helping you down. <laughs> <laughs> but I can guarantee you, anybody that's golfing in the '90s, uh, nine out of ten of them are actually shooting a hundred. You know, if they sure. in the same way you're shooting in the '80s, probably shooting in the low '90s. Now, if you're in the '70s, you're just good, right? And you're probably mm-hmm. put enough time and effort and pride into your game where you're probably not out there again doing the foot wedge or you know, saying, you know, taking that mulligan for the you know, a mulligan in general, but you know, that, you know, mulligan per nine or however you want to call it. But, but anyway, so I was, I was at this tournament. I was just, you know, by the time I got, you know, sat down and started thinking about it, it's like, man, you know what, the amount of gambling that's going on with these shady characters, myself <laughs> included, that will give myself the occasional foot wedge or make myself a lot, you know, put myself in a position to be a lot better. And it's just, it's just not smart. And this was a scramble too, where, you know, everybody's just out being gangster about the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I I think that uh, in general, we tend to we tend to <laughs> we tend to find ways to gamify just about everything. Nowadays, I mean, you look at work, you know, it, in in Salesforce, and there's there's all sorts of apps to gamify your work to make it less, you know, monotonous. Same thing with uh, you know, same thing with sports. You know, you yeah. gamble to kind of spice it up, up the stakes. I know personally, you know, you just big vikings fan i'd watch vikings games i'd watch the super bowl yeah. maybe a playoff game if it was uber compelling but it wasn't until fantasy sports yeah. and maybe even you know the 
uh, like FanDuel. Yeah, the Daily Fantasy. You, where you've got uh, some stakes in there where all of a sudden it's like, okay, like I can watch more sports. and it's, Well, uh, fantasy football in general is just is why the, the NFL is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry and yep. just kind of rules the world in terms of sports and um, sports advertising and just, yep. you know, the viewership and everything. It just blows all the other sports out of the water. And it's because of fantasy football. And and as, as a as a numbers person myself, and, and both, you know, personal and professional, I, I love the fact that statistics are, are kind of what became the crux of, of gamifying that. Same yeah. thing with, the, you know, Bill James coming out with all his stuff. But even like, you know, even going to a baseball game. I went to a baseball game a few years ago. I had not done this before. I'd never even heard of it. But going to the baseball game, it was a Cubs game. And one of my friends says, all right, we ready? Like, get your dollars out. You know, it's that game where, you you know, everybody takes a card off mm-hmm. the deck and it's the last out of the inning. And all of a sudden it's like we had people around us trying to get into this game. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of the same 20 bucks changing hands the whole time. But, but life is more fun. It, it made it a lot more interesting. Yeah, life is more fun with money on the line. It, and you're, it everybody, really you know, it's like, ah, like, let's hit yeah. it to left field. And you're like, no. <laughs> or even just I've had a game where it's like you're, you know, the as the – player makes the last out and they roll that ball yep. whether or not that ball lands on yes. the mound yep or if it rolls off of it and then like people are just sitting there on edge waiting just who cares what happened during that inning they're more concerned at your point that left fielder running in with the ball tossing it to the mound and seeing where that thing lands it's uh, the great it's, thing about it too is you know that there are pitchers who are gamblers themselves who yep. will probably look around like all right yeah well, we, where are my games and going up there and just kind of messing with people and be like eh, eh. <laughs> Well, I think the, the you know the same can be said too about you know kind of shifting a little bit to cards here is around the gambling that comes with breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I know I, I'm I'm of the mindset that I know that I am eight out of times or eight times out of ten more likely or better off to go out and just buy the card that I want, <laughs> even if it's on eBay or at a local card shop, whatever it is. Like if I want that Justin Jefferson you know rookie card auto, I could go to the local card shop or go look, go on eBay. I'm going to pay top dollar for it. Or what I can do is I can, you know, a couple nights a week, I can go search eBay or, you know, breaktraders.com or some of these other, you know, breakers that we work with closely and, you know, spend 25, 50 bucks a time to get in to buy the Minnesota Vikings into these card breaks mm-hmm. on the whim that, Hey, it's like, it's exciting though, right? It's like, I know chances are I'm not going to get that card and it's going to take me, you know, 10 times buying into it where now I've likely paid more than what that Jefferson rookie card is worth. But I'll tell you though, when you get in and you hit the damn thing, it's like, it's the greatest feeling in the world, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, how many times have you ripped pull tabs? If you're losing more than you're winning, otherwise it would be a losing business, right? They're not going to do that. Any lottery or any type of gambling is a casino, whatever. But I tell you, the the thrill and the high that you get from hitting what you're looking for and um, is is worth and I shouldn't say worth in my mind, but it just over um, it surpasses the 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 knowing that I'm going to be losing out in the long run. I'm going to be in the red on that card. But hey, the entertainment value and the process of getting there and the fact that you know I, I'm not able to go buy a you know a single pack of a hobby pack usually from a card shop or a retail store just uh, Makes it fun, though, too, which is why we do it, which is why we yep. host the breaks and why we still buy into breaks, even though we are breakers ourselves. We're humans. We're, we're wired that way. We're, we're wired to take shortcuts. I mean, it's, it's you can look all around the place. Oh, I had to do it. It was on sale. 
from you know any anywhere from that to uh you know what why do we why do we buy individual securities over mutual funds you know i mean it's it's a you're looking for that short-term gain you're looking for that that rush of knowing too that there's a little bit more at, at stake you know uh, when we interviewed uh, Slomkowski, I mean, he's, he looked at it like it was the most boring thing in the world. And then he, he got into it. Yeah. He had some, he had some skin in there. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, those gambling juices. Like, yeah. Well, those Vegas juices came alive and he was, it's the process. It's the game. Crazy. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the thrill, the high that comes with that. You don't, you know, if you go into the store and you buy that card, um, you're not, uh, you know, you're not walking out of there with a rush, you know, you're walking out of there with maybe more buyer's guilt than anything else sure. or buyer's remorse. I think that's what I was looking for. Whereas it doesn't seem so bad when you're buying into that break for, you know, maybe 50 bucks. That's a little something that, Hey, you know, that's, that's a night of entertainment. Cause a lot of these breakers, you know, we, we saw with, you know, the, the goal with even like break traders and the personality and what he was talking about there and how important that is. Like you do, you get to know these people and you get to, you know, follow mm-hmm. them and I'll, I'm Facebook friends with some of these guys and it's like, it's, it is such a community aspect where I wouldn't go anywhere else. And I still buy into every single damn break that's out there. And it's just, <laughs> even though, like I said, it's a, it's a losing proposition and yeah. you're, you're walking out of there in the red, but you know, and that, that chance that you're hitting that you're it's, it makes it all worth it. It is interesting. It's a, it's a different economy than like a casino, right? Cause how many gamblers do you know who are up lifetime? You know, no, very maybe, few. maybe outside of poker players, very few. But that's because you have the house taking the rake, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, there's the house is the only guaranteed winner. Yes. And in this game, you don't necessarily have that house aspect. Now you have the the breaker, but they're not taking part of the the product per se because the cards, all of the inventory is actually going to the people buying Correct. into the breaks. 100%. Yep. So the and and they're only selling it based on what the market will allow. So it's it's the interest, it's the mm-hmm. supply and demand. Com- component that drives those prices up that pushes you past that point absolutely of, yeah the breakers are taking as much risk as even the, yeah. the people yeah. that are buying into it but mm-hmm. and i'm not saying breaking is bad like i i think it's it's fun it's it's probably one of the most interesting entertaining pieces that come with this hobby and um again again nothing against the local card shops either they're doing what they're doing they have guaranteed product there yep. and it's priced and valued accordingly but that entertainment value is what's you know just uh-huh. drawn so many people in and even just with the, you know, I, I get it, I've gotten it down to a science too with, you know, even buying into like, you know, it, it's not cards, but these, these mini helmets or full size helmets do these, these helmet breaks that are all autographed that, um, you know, I've even started to get to a science where I'm tracking, giving away a little, a little bit of the house secret here, but <laughs> some of these series of these helmets are numbered and they have, um, you know, they might be numbered, you know, one to a hundred and I'm starting to track these breakers and their history in terms of, you know, what have they broke in the past? What You're doing were, you know, pull tabs, right? You're... Yeah, we're just, just constantly labeling these things and saying, okay, well, you know, they, they've been heavy on the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to stay away from those teams. And though it's your odds are still against you, right? But you're, but, but you still, you're giving yourself just a leg up, if not just mm-hmm. a mental leg up to say, I'm being smart about this. So I feel a little bit better about buying into it. How does the, how does the helmet, break work is this just a, a blank box yeah well yeah it, well, it's labeled with whatever the business is that's selling okay. it but yeah okay. so it might be like ultimate autographs or it might be um rsa and it's or, one helmet with 30 people buying it or yeah but sometimes people. they'll do you know like three helmets or like the rsa okay. box comes with three helmets in it okay. so you know you're buying in for three 
Um, but yeah, it's 30 people, 32 people. So most of the time you're walking away with not most of the time you're walking away, but it might be, you know, on average, what I've noticed within these breaks is it might be like five bucks a pull. Okay. Right. So it's pretty minimal. All right. Um, in terms of what these teams end up costing or what these breakers, and it's not even, you're not even bidding on teams per se. You can, I take that back. You can bid on teams. Um, but you know, sometimes it's random teams, sometimes it's pick your teams, but I'll tell you one thing though, having broken, knowing what comes with that shipping and again, Bless the hearts of break traders and their shipping process because I'm just yeah. still floored about that. I think we, we talked about that all week. Um, but, you know, then they're only shipping these three helmets and they're shipping them in the boxes that they came in. So it's a matter of just printing out shipping label and getting it out the door too. So Speaking it's I think it's pretty low maintenance on the breaker side too. Speaking of that, have you have you watched one of their uh, shipping production videos? No, no, I haven't yet. I, 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 don't, I don't know if they're, if they're out there, if they're just more or less out there in case somebody comes back and okay. says, hey, I didn't get my card. I think they can go to their uh, their, their library videos and say, well, you know, here's us putting this card okay. in the bag for it. But it's kind of like the security video. Yes, insurance. Okay. Okay. Some good insurance right. there because we've we've noticed, you know we we deal with folks too, and some of that's you know we take accountability for that in terms yep. of with you know how we've handled that in the past. But um, it's not a perfect science, and it's a super challenging part of the hobby um, or the breaking business itself. That was a uh, that was cool to hear that though because that was such a that's that's like. Yeah, well, of course. Why wouldn't you? You're yeah. videotaping everything else. I mean, you're going to do it. Yeah. Set up a camera, and there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you'll probably notice that you've only heard, uh, you know, two voices tonight. We're running a little bit shorthanded. Um, our trusty normal host, Brandon, um, had a prior um, engagement that uh, he had to attend to, and uh, Connor is uh, hanging out with him too for that uh, for that engagement. So um, you get Brad and I tonight. Uh, we're going to keep it entertaining, keep it light, uh, buzz through this, and uh, um, uh, keep you guys entertained uh, for this week, uh, which is now, what, episode 14? 15. 15. Yep. Holy cow. Episode 15. And no, no, obviously no game. I, I should just award you the Yeah. The no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> you throw one question my way. I think you did about the helmets. I think that's that's the game. We I might switch point. that up, though. I, I'm, working on a, I'm working on a new... A new game. So we'll With see. maybe a little less subjectivity. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We you know, have, I think we, we, may get, have, we may have heard from a few people. Well, we get, uh, yeah, exactly. And then we're, we're brawling out in the, yeah. the street after we leave here uh, um, over who won or lost. But so quick, quick question for you, Brad. I think uh, it's, we wanted to make sure we gave this this topic a little time here this week. Uh, do you know who uh, Dr. Thomas Newman was? I'm going to say was in the past tense. Um, well, if I if I hadn't been told to to, to do some research uh, and know that he is uh, associated with paper babies, um, paper babies, yes, I, I would not have known. And that was, we'll start at the back of the story. That's that's my favorite my yeah. favorite part. He, yep. he this is a guy who referred to his uh, his baseball cards in his collection as his as his paper babies. Yeah, uh, but yeah, what an interesting story. I I think. Um, and I, I will self-admit that until I started researching, you know, just digging a little bit deeper into, you know, topics, you know, whether it's for the podcast here or just, um, just the news that, you know, since I've been more into the hobby is that, um, so there's this gentleman, um, doctor, I'll give him his, his proper title, Dr. Thomas Newman. Um, he died of COVID. right? Yeah. 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 So he died back in January of COVID, you know, so. Um, but what's unique about this guy is he had a collection of cards that I, to this day, I'm not, I haven't heard of a collection that's bigger or at least 
I'll say bigger and more valuable. Uh, he's, you know, when he died, his family is, you know, isn't necessarily passing it down. It's not the type of collection that you just pass down. There's so much value here that you have to, you have to liquidate and you have to sell it and you have to move on from that perspective. But, uh, so this guy has got about a collection that is going to auction. It's actually, some of his auction is actually live right now, which is why I wanted to make sure we brought this up tonight, uh, today, but, um, he, uh, it's, it's expected to bring about 20 million, um, you know, at auction, which is just, just floors me. Right. And you hear about these cards that are selling <laughs> it for Florida's his family too. His wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, oh, I didn't. didn't really ever talk about it. Yeah. And he was the type of guy too, where he would buy a card and the guy that knows him well, he would say that he would buy a card and then, um, you know, for $10,000, the next day someone would offer him 50 for it. And he would say, no, he never sold his cards. Yeah. He bought them and he hung on to them. He would never trade them. So he, um, um, so he would just, uh, keep going, um, and, and keep collecting to the point where once it was finished up, they needed a 18 foot long truck or trailer truck to haul his, um, his cards and his, you know, cards to auction. Holy cow. I like that. <laughs> that's, it's insane. Like, let me just rattle off a couple of the cards here. Cause again, like I said, the auction's open. It's out on, uh, memory lane, Inc. Um, so memory, memory lane, Inc dot com is where you can find this guy's collection so he's got two lots out right now so it's not all of his cards but some of the bigger ones are in here so like off the bat we have a pop one so only one out there of a you know a psa mint nine babe ruth 1933 gaudi um card that's right now it's got 38 bids on it opening bid was five hundred thousand. it's now sitting at 1.76 million is that the one that they think is going to break the record Yes. Already? Okay. Yeah. Five point six or whatever. Okay. Yeah. They think that this is the one that's got the the opportunity. There's still. It's already at one point five. And is this like the all time sport? Like the one that just got set with Gretzky or whatever? Mm, yes. Or was it Gretzky or Jordan? It was Jordan's. That okay. got. I believe it was to Jordan okay, that, so that Gretz, holds the record. Gretzky, Jordan, Ruth. I mean, you're. And talking then the about... Hannes Wagner just sold too. I don't even that's know what right. that when it. You know, again, I'm not sure which that that went to, but he's got a couple Babe Ruth, another um, nineteen um, thirty three um, Gaudi. That's um, just card number 181. Um, it's a PSA Mint 9. Again, that one's is at 300, or excuse me, at 500,000 right now. But he, you know, and he didn't just stick with the uh, the kind of the historic and kind of the the uh, the old cards. You know, he still would get after some of the the Jordan uh, rookies or even newer with like LeBron. And um, he's got some of the the single pop cards um, within the, within the refractors, you know, for those ones too. So he didn't discriminate, that's for sure. And he was keeping it current with 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 more current, you know, recent trends. Yep, absolutely. That's cool. He's got this 1948 uh, George Mikan PSA nine. Um, there's only one of four out there that are at that PSA nine that's that's out there right now. It's um, at 185,000, which, again, they're not all multi, you know, seven-figure cards, but he's got card after card after card that are now fetching mid to upper six figures. So I'm just excited to see where these land. And there's still over 28 days left on some of these auctions. So it's it's, it's just impressive. And I want to give him, like I said, it's it, he's obviously a staple within the the hobby. You know, he uh, you know he spent his whole life, you know, collecting. He did it for his family, right? He mm-hmm. he knew that again, this wasn't going to be you know, cards that, you know, would be handed down per se and that it would only have to be sold to niche type individuals that could afford it. Um, but it's just a really cool story. And, you know, COVID, you know, got a lot of people throughout the, um, throughout the pandemic and he's just one of them. And probably the, you know, the most, you know, prolific, prolific, 
um, the most uh, relevant or just the most um, high profile one within the industry. Sure. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see it too. Like his, so his, his wife who was taken aback by the overall value of the, the collection. She's like, ah, you know, <clears throat> I was re- reading a story. At, she thought maybe it was worth a million dollars, not, you know, multi-million dollars, yeah. close to $20 million collection. Uh, but you know, she, she said this whole collection, you know, he, like you said, he never, he never traded these cards. Yeah. He never gave them up. He never, uh, he never sold them back. They were, they were his, they were his acquisitions and he rarely talked about it. He was pretty, uh, pretty reserved about it, but he saw it as it, you know, this, this was his hobby. He could afford to do it at the same time. He also saw it as an investment for his family, but the, the thrill for him was just the acquisition of, of these pieces. And, you know, we talked a little bit about, about, uh, slum uh, yeah. earlier, kind of getting that rush of gambling. But uh, I do have to, I do have to kind of bring up a personal story about my son, uh, Finn. And he, he, uh, we went to a sport. Well, you were at, I was a there. Sport, you were at I, a sports I, I saw show. it. I, I witnessed and, it firsthand. And he, you know, he was there and he was just kind of like, you know, I got to get something right. You know, and he didn't know what it was, but then he saw saw that pokeball yeah marketing yeah. too good marketing on the pokeballs yeah, right we'll they look fancy and yeah and then you know they're like oh yeah you know 25 bucks or whatever i'm like okay um i didn't i i know now i now appreciate that price but <laughs> you know we got the pokeball and then you open it up there's like two packs and i'm like wow yeah but he opened them up and then he kind of set them off to the side and they just sort of sat there for a few months but uh all of a sudden just in the past few weeks he uh he picked them back up again, and uh, I think he had a little friend who had uh, who had gotten into it. Yep. But all of a sudden, he realized, oh, I, I have some of these, and he picked them up and he started looking at them, and he started, you know, he he could, he's also like right at that part too, where like he's starting to be able to read. Yeah. The wheels are turning, and, and, and so now right? he yep. can kind of you know dig into those cards. He can't pronounce all the names in there, but but you know he's he's looking at them, and all of a sudden, like you know, we've we've set the the Nintendo Switch has has kind of found a permanent space on the uh, on the shelf. Every time that you walk into his room now, you know he's got a he's got a book, and he gets these things in the sleeves, and or he's gotten them all out, and he's resorting them in so cool, different man. piles, and and uh, you know even when even when you came to production, yeah, he was telling you know, he knows that like there's one that was bent, yeah, why well, yeah he he knew it and he was upset about it, and when I came here and you know you, you brought him with and he was standing outside, and I don't know if he was waiting for me or what, but. I, I roll up and here you stand out there holding the two cards that he you know either just got or whatever was excited mm-hmm. to tell me about. So it's just such a such a cool sto- just story and being able to see all within a matter of a couple months at that card show where he wanted that yep. that pokeball and then now you know today just being able to see him kind of how he has them sorted and how he's he's talking through it how you you know ask him some questions about how do you. I don't even know, like activate their, you know, their <laughs> strengths or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And he knew, and it was just, yeah. you can tell he's been doing the time and the research too. So and it is cool though, just to see it at the highest level. And then just to see the, the sheer kind of yeah. like innocent joy of getting into, I, I'm, I'm assuming this is kind of a gateway into probably sports yep. cards later, but yeah, you know, everything at that age is, is collectible, but like just, well, it you gives know. me hope that there's, yeah. you know, that there's longevity in yeah. the in the hobby, right? Yeah. And that this thing just isn't going to. And granted, it fizzled out for a little bit in the '90s and you know sure. the early 2000s and and all that. But you know, I think uh, especially with some of these non-sports, more hobby cards that are out there that just kind of pull in the kids. That eventually, when they pick up and they start to kind of latch onto the sports, it's a easy, it's a it's a gateway drug, right? And it is. 
into the into the the broader hobby. Yeah, too. You know, parents are always looking for a reason to, uh, you know, to to get affection from their kids. But of all the toys and every everything that he's ever gotten in his life, last week we we're headed down to the uh, to the cabin and stopped into uh, three yeah. three stars. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Bloomington and picked them up two Eric. packs and uh, and I. I I surprised him with him and and he he's sitting there and his eyes were big and you know he he just says you know dad i, I love you i love you more right now than i ever have oh I'm my like, god like all right, yeah, all right cards yeah there you go yeah. all right it's Is the, it dusty uh, in here yeah yeah right Jeez. It's, uh but i mean well, and good bargaining chips ah, too right that I, faded within 20 minutes yeah Joe, let's be honest because <laughs> he didn't get his treat or whatever but like yeah. i mean it was that that was the most excited he's been over just something that he got yep. and it's just you know, well, now if you want to the beast a little bit, yeah, and get him to maybe take the garbage out. He's a little yeah. bargaining chips too. Get him to go to bed, and you know some of these other time. things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so awesome. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyways, just wanted to give uh, give a shout out to um, Dr. Thomas Newman. Um, rest in peace, and uh, we'll move on to uh, new releases. I would be remiss if we didn't just kind of spend some time talking about. Uh, the big one out there right now that released um, earlier this week, um, and that would be you know the um, um, Panini Impeccable Basketball. Such a cool product. Now, it's a product that I still you know me just being kind of a, a, a tight ass with my money, um, struggle with given that we're we're dealing with uh, fifteen hundred per box on average. Um, guess how many cards are uh, in a pack in that one? I, I don't know. Yeah, so it's one. nine. So it's nine cards per pack. Nine cards in a pack. One pack per box. One pack. What's the difference between a pack and a box then? Uh, you, that's a good point. Okay. Right? No, that's actually a really good point. Um, so it averages wow. about 100. And what do we figure? Like one, somewhere between 150 and 170 of them. <laughs> give or take. Carry yeah. the one. You know, move the decimal. Whatever yeah. that is. Um, ridiculous. So, But again, there's some really nice cards in there though. So the average hobby box has five autos and one metal insert. The first off the line boxes, five autos, one silver, um, one NBA logo, um, and a couple things. I was watching. I we haven't broke it yet, or I haven't bought in any breaks, but I did tune into Layton and watch. You know, all day on uh, Wednesday is when this came out um, that they were um, doing all day. You know, every single one of their breaks breaks was impeccable basketball here. So oh, wow. I got to watch a few of them, and you know, obviously people are buying into those, but. They had um, for the first – well, this, before I get to this one, they do also have on-card either silver bars or gold bars. And I know Connor had mentioned that maybe a few weeks back that that was kind of one of the you know cool things about this product coming out. But I actually saw them pull one of those, and it legit was a, a gold bar. And um, just it's just ridiculous. Now, <laughs> we talked about some of the memorabilia that we would want on our cards. I talked about like a guitar pick or whatever, and Brian was talking about the master's flag or whatever. But it uh, – Gold bars like is a spreadsheet or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, and again, just you know, we can do a whole episode on you know NFTs or like different types of blockchain. Mm-hmm. But they had a blockchain redemption card. Interesting, in this, and that's the first time I've seen anything like that come out. So it was the player's blockchain that you could. Awesome! Um, I don't know what it is, but I love it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Myself included too. Like I, they need like that blockchain and or yeah. NFT for dummies. Sure, like those those books that were out there too. So. Um, but that's you know that's really it for the releases coming out. There was a couple of baseball products and another racing product, but um, wanted to make sure that we call out Impeccable. And again, I'm I would love to buy into one. You know, just you know from again from the excitement and the gambling you know aspect of it. Um, really pretty looking cards too, right? They they did a great job with the design on it, and they ought to for 
as much as you're you're spending on the thing but uh but yeah so impeccable and uh um that would that will wrap up the uh the releases for the week nice so yeah so brad i think uh how do you think we did just you and i on the uh on the solo train you know i think it it we we did okay and you know a lot of it had to do with uh with what we were drinking here what what are we drinking here? Uh, you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. So we're going to go back from where we were a couple weeks back where we had our big ginger okay. uh, made with two gingers vodka, you know, mm-hmm. fresh out of Minnesota, you know, the where you probably least expect there to be a, a big Irish uh, following. But we do have, you know, quite the uh, the Irish pride here. And, you know, large. So I think it's the second largest um, St. Patrick's Day parade. And we talked about before where is it Kieran's, uh, or the local, the local, the local, the local yeah. bar, um, used to be the top seller, Jameson, mm-hmm. um, outside of Ireland. Yep. Um, even more than in Boston and anywhere like that. So our, they might even have been the number one in the world for a single I bar. I believe they were. Um, it's but brutal. whatever, they started to, I think, you know, get ceased and assist letters on some of like uh-huh. whatever they were doing with the Jameson. So <laughs> guy comes out with his own, his own liquor and, and boom, now it's all over. And it's, and this is, you know, probably the top selling, Irish whiskey in Minnesota, anyways, for the, the last five ten years. So. Another one we sampled recently too with that uh, proper number twelve. I, yeah, that was. Have totally you seen awesome. that? Have you seen the TV ads for those? No, no. <laughs> it's it's McGregor. And it's uh, oh. they're, they're interesting. Oh, that's right. I had a hoodie on. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty pretty amazing. That's awesome. All right, well, Brad, appreciate the the support. Um, Brandon, hope we uh, hope we did you well. Um, we'll we'll see you back uh, next week, and uh, you know, like I always say, Joey out. 